We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to episode five, Patty. I messed that up in the, the Austin interview, but uh, trying to redeem myself a little bit here. But welcome to episode five of uh, the Swider Show uh, with Patty Casey. Um, but yeah, man, it's just wrapped another great interview with Austin, and I thought he was great. Yeah, I mean, uh, first of all, welcome back to everyone. Um, Austin was a great interview. He's very laid back, very easy to talk to. So, um, yeah, it's a pretty unique story going from, you mentioned he goes, he grows up in a town with 1,100 people, and then we get into his high school career, his college career, and then now he's, you know, one of the main contributors with the Lakers. So it's pretty amazing. So appreciate him coming on. Yeah, no, he, he, he was great. I, I think uh, just his story from not really getting recruited, kind of like Colin, um, to, mm-hmm. to going to college, having to transfer – you know what I mean? All of his teammates mm-hmm. decided to leave and transfer, and then after that, just kind of, just trying to grind his way to the NBA. It's, it's, uh, I mean, just just listen to his story. Just makes sense. You know what I mean? Nothing was easy. Nothing yeah. was handed to him. Um, and obviously, we're very thankful yeah. that that he came on the podcast. The, and the other thing is, I think every uh, one of your team, Lakers teammates, I'm just gonna hold them to coming on the podcast when I am out there in person. So we just have like a guaranteed bunch of interviews. It's like when I get that out there, it's like Scotty, Austin, whoever else comes around. It's like, yeah, we're doing this person again, recurring guests. Oh, for sure, for sure. But yeah, now obviously uh, we had a we had to move back our our day, so we're recording this actually on Thursday. So shout out to Adam. Adam's gonna oh, yeah. whip this thing up and, and get this out to you guys in, in a little short notice. But but yeah, obviously we we've had a bunch of preseason games now, and um, obviously we we had a game last night, um, and. One and four in the preseason, but obviously preseasons uh, used for a lot of different things for these coaches. So yeah. I, I think overall it's been a productive preseason. We've gotten a, we've gotten to see a lot of different lineups. I've, I've gotten a lot of great experience against re, like real NBA rotation players. So right. So yeah, it's, I think it's been yeah. a great overall experience, and um, we kind of got we kind of got this podcast going in a short amount of notice, and uh, really just just thankful yeah. that we were able to get it done. That was a good good job by you. That's why it's called the Cole Swider Show, and you're the better host here because I completely forgot that it's Thursday now, which is usually when when the episodes drop. But yeah, this will be out Friday morning. 
Am's going to get a quick turnaround. But, um, yeah, I was going to ask you about that. You guys have had four games since we last spoke, and um, you actually play the Kings tomorrow. And the last episode we had, we recapped your first matchup against the Kings. But I guess just, like, sort of individually, kind of touched on it, but individually, team-wise, like, maybe f- reflect a little bit on the last week, how it's, how it's been, how's travel been, how's, like, adjusting to the lifestyle been. Yeah, no, per- First of all, the, the, the travel is, is, is very different. And then just, like, the overall r- routine of the games is different, too. So, for example, a- after we played the Kings Monday, we flew out Tuesday um, for a game. And uh, we, we went right right to Vegas, and that's where we interviewed Scotty. Uh, we're in Vegas for yeah. Wednesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Thursday night, we actually stayed over in Vegas instead of flying back. So, Friday, we flew back. Saturday morning, we flew out to play Golden State on Sunday. Um, yeah. Came back on Sunday. Uh, yeah, came back Sunday night. Practiced Monday, Tuesday. Played Wednesday, um, and now it's now it's Thursday, and we, we flew out again today. So it's been a it's been quick turnarounds. Uh, we, we've had a couple practices here and there, and have gone live. And I mean, I give these guys credit. LeBron's going live. AD's going live, and um, mm-hmm. obviously th- those guys are just animals when it comes to taking care of their bodies, doing the right things, and um, just overall just um. being very professional. Yeah, last night was um, I don't know, LeBron looked unbelievable last night. He looked like he was like in midseason form, moving real well and everything. AD obviously lit up the Warriors. Um, you played well last night. I fired off a tweet from our account, 11 points in like your first five minutes. So that was good to see. I was yeah. freaking out, um, you know, watching alone. But I had to – I got to ask, in Vegas, there's so much buzz around Wembenyama. Did you get to see one of those games, or, or did you meet him? Obviously, you walked by your bench, but, like, did you get – like, what was the buzz like there surrounding him? Yeah, I mean, obviously, like, you, you, we, we knew about him. You know what I mean? I, obviously, right. me, me and you who are basketball junkies, we, like, we watch film. We see these guys on yep. Instagram and YouTube and everything like yeah. that. But just Breaking down the synergy, yep. Oh, of course. <laughs> um, but to see him play a live game – I wasn't able to, to, to attend the actual games. They were they were like twenty minutes out, outside of Vegas, but just the the overall just the, the composure that he had, the the skill set that he had, hitting seven threes in the first game, come back the next game and, and having thirty six, being able to show different parts of taking guys off the dribble, being that size. It was like everything that you want in a basketball player he has, besides maybe the, the physical strength that LeBron has. But besides that he has right. everything that uh, mm-hmm. you could ever wish for. Like, we, we talked about it before, like, Chet Holmgren is obviously unbelievable part of my agency, good good, good friend of mine. Like, he was hitting walk-up threes in, in, in that first summer league game. And, like, yeah. guys weren't really guarding him. Like, Victor was coming off of ball screens. Yeah, he was, like, Whapping. the one he, he got at the top of the key and, like, took two escape dribbles to the corner and shoots a three and it goes in. It's like, what is going on? And his form's just effortless, too. I mean, obviously being... I like, know, it's unbelievable. Obviously being a decent shooter, that's, that's something that I, I want I, I look at a lot. And just, like, his his form, his follow-through, his arc, just, like, almost everything in his yeah. shots, like, almost impeccable. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's unbelievable. But, yeah. Like, there's definitely, there definitely a buzz. And, and right. uh, after those games... I think a couple of NBA teams might have wanted to trade, <laughs> yeah. trade a, cu- trade a couple of their good players yeah. a little bit, yeah. Because he he's a he's a franchise changing player in one year. I just yeah. the, the only I bet the only concern people have is just is his body going to hold up? You know what I mean? Chet, yeah. Chet is the closest example that we have to him, 
and he obviously gets hurt in the programs out for his whole entire rookie year. But um, right. I think I mean I think Chess gonna have a great career. It's just just thinks that obviously that happened. yeah. No, it sucks. Women Yama though, it's literally like I've never. There's no comparison for him. Like it's you can't even like make him in two K. It's like <laughs> he's unbelievable. Um, but yeah, moving. The other thing I, I wanted to bring up is uh, this necess- wasn't necessarily your fault. You weren't really getting clowned for it, but uh, the Jordan Pool move, where he goes around the back and then hits the floater, that was like plaster. It was like on sideline sources, Sports Center, like House of Highlights, all that. And like I said, it's not like you fell or anything. Like no one was like, "Oh, what is twenty on the Lakers doing?" But like, what's it like being? Like, take, you know, a regular guy inside the mind of yourself when you, you fire up Instagram or Twitter. It's like, oh, boy, this clip is definitely going to be there. So, like, in the moment, I didn't really think much of it. You know what I mean? Obviously, I, I saw the move on I, – I mean, Matt had a great game that game. But I saw the move on Matt, and I'm just trying to do whatever I can because I think he's going to come into my body. So, I'm getting ready to wall yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, And then he does just, like, this just behind floater, like mm-hmm. – and just the amount of skill that takes is just unbelievable. Yeah, it's unbelievable. So it was I mean, like a wrong foot floater too. KD tweeted out, he's like, "How does he even think to do shit like this? Like, like that stuff people don't even try." And obviously, like with the the week that he had to be able to go out there yeah. and just just play with such a clear mind, it literally looked like he was just out there just having fun. Like he went on like a like a nine zero run by himself, or maybe maybe, yeah. we, maybe we scored in between, but he scored like nine straight points. Like he was just right on a different level, like was making every play on the court um and he's just an unbelievable scorer yeah like his skills are just out of this world there's a while there in that game where it was like him and ad were just kind of going back and forth like they both played so well yeah ad is just a i don't know I, he's like, a monster like he, he's like he's like when you nava a little bit too like like <laughs> this dude ad is like has the ball at the top he's like going behind the back like 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 t- to a dribble handoff i'm like ad like what are you yeah. doing bro <laughs> I hear having fun. Yeah. It's good to see, too. Last year he struggled a little bit with his jumper, but this preseason it's looked, like, automatic again. So, I don't know. He'll definitely have a giant year and, like, prove everyone wrong again. Yeah, no. I mean, he, he just – so, last year he actually had uh, – he actually had something wrong with his thumb, so he couldn't, like, flick his wrist. I don't know if you saw that in any, yeah. any of the, uh, mm-hmm. the, the uh, interviews. Well, yeah, the inside scoop here, yeah. Yeah, so – now, now he's finally able to flick his wrist, and I mean, his—he's mm-hmm. working with Lethal Shooter all summer. Shout out, my man Chris. Um, oh, so, was he with him? Yeah. So that, oh, he's a great follow on it. He's a great follow on Instagram. Oh, he—he's he, unbelievable. Yeah. He's working out Mark Cuban, yeah. then working out AD, then working out Danny Green. You know what I mean? Like he's just—he's mm-hmm. unreal. Drake. <laughs> Wait, sort of in line with this. I was mad at myself. I didn't bring this up um, in the first episode when I was, you know, interviewing you. You mentioned Coach Handy, which I don't think a lot of people know. That's he's ninety four feet a game, right, on Instagram. Which is like everyone who's fought, like obviously listens is a big basketball fan on Instagram or YouTube. If you see those runs in UC, at UCLA, it's like Steph was there this summer, um, you know, DeMar DeRozan's there a lot, Pascal Siakam's always there, Harden's been there, Trey Young's been there. That's that guy, right? So that's Rico Hines, but him and Rico are really close. Oh, okay. Yeah, him and Rico are really close, but damn it. But yeah, no, no, it happens, man. Falsy research. Yeah, yeah, no, but but, <laughs> but you yeah, know, Phil, Phil's known for being one of the the main guys of just basketball training in general. He he uh he's been coaching like the past like ten years, um, mm-hmm. 
yeah, nah. So I just want to give a quick shout out to my man Charlie Torres. He'll, he'll be on the podcast eventually, but he he's up there with one of the best trainers of them all too. Obviously, yeah. we mentioned Lethal Shooter. Uh, we mentioned his name's Bucketsworth on Instagram. So I just want to give him a quick shout out because he he was my pre-draft yeah. trainer and and he he's Clay's guy too. So he, he's uh he's one of the best shooting coaches out there too. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Lethal Shooter. If you don't follow him on Instagram, you got to. He's like putting nails in the rim and like getting rotating hoops and stuff. It's still just like everyone's automatic. But um, I guess moving into our segments here real quick. Sheridan, you ready? Or what? Look alive. Born ready. So making, making his uh, much anticipated return to the podcast, Sheridan was able to make time for us tonight. So uh, we're going to kick it to him for his stat of the week. You know, before I did anything, I was that was my first thing. I, I was going to say to you guys and Adam, I apologize. You know, I've I've been absent. You know, even though I was, you know, producing last week, you guys didn't think I was there, but I was. I mean, you weren't. You you factually weren't here. I mean, I was in the I was in the call, so I was there. Anyways, <laughs> I'm sorry. You know, I'm here now. A couple exams, oh, knock them out. A couple in the future, we'll get there when we get there. Anyways, actually, we just had, we just got a mailbag question from uh, we just got a mailbag question from Adam, actually, uh, asking how'd your exam go. That was you one know, of the mailbag questions of the week. You know what? All right, so a little sidetrack here from the stat of the week. My exam that I skipped the podcast for was. Uh, they're gonna say you skipped pretty, the exam. <laughs> actually, pretty killer. Like, I'm not oh, gonna. Say, but I felt really good when my professor handed it back. So, nice. like I said, you guys are probably going to get into it after I give a stat. But this is the first time since 2001, this Saturday, in the new JMA Wireless Dome, that two ranked college football teams will be playing each other. Number 15, North Carolina State, and number 18, Syracuse Football. And a bonus stat. This is the first time since I believe 1987 that the Syracuse football is five and zero. Oh. Not yeah. only am I here giving you the stat of the week, I'm giving you a bonus stat, and you guys still give me shit on the on the outside. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, thanks, Sharon. That was, that wow. was well executed. That, the second one was actually a big surprise, but Syracuse football is nice. I I was just gonna say, Patty. I I, I think Jake kind of. Got his crown back on, on the start of the week yeah. after that one. But, uh, but yeah, no, shout out to Syracuse football. I know we, we've given them a lot of love on the, on the podcast. Shout out to my guys, Caleb and, and Michael and Courtney and all those guys on the football team holding it down and obviously mm-hmm. make, it, make it a fun season to watch. Make it a fun season. Ho- yeah. Hopefully, hopefully that luck. It's also, I, I'm, I, don't know, I don't know if I can move on to JMA Wireless yet. I think it'll just always be Carrier Dome in my mind, honestly. But hopefully some of that luck can carry over to the orange basketball season. I mean, oh yeah, it will. It will. Yeah, that's a little preview too. We'll, we'll have some some Q's guests. We've got a Q's preseason primer going with with some. Uh, yeah. Oh, another Zoom message from Andalus. Orange tip off is tomorrow. So if you listen, if Q's fans listen to this Friday morning, go to Orange Tip Off tonight. It's actually very fun. I believe. If I remember correctly, there was a walk-on that started in the Orange Tip-Off game last last year, wasn't there, Swire? Yeah, I also remember another 
another starter was hurt, so we 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 got a little. <laughs> well, I mean, we don't we we don't have to let the facts ruin a good story there. <laughs> I was I was standing around the block S in the dome. That was the ultimate like I don't belong here moment. But yeah, but yeah, definitely. If if you're a Q's fan, if you're listening, then 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 go out to Orange Tip Off. It's actually very fun. No, it's a great, great great event. Obviously, you can see all the guys and. Um, Coach Beheim will, will be there talking and just being yep. being good old Coach Beheim. Yeah. All right. Real quick, before we get into this uh, great interview with Austin, we kind of go through his college career, how he changed conferences, which actually goes hand in hand with our mailbag question of the week, which is from Mark McHale. Um, Mark is a good friend of mine. He actually lives with me, so he is in the room right next to me. So he submitted this question. From about 10 feet away from me. Great question, though. Um, so this is for Colt. He actually, the first one he submitted was, this is for Jake Sheridan. How does his exam go this week? And then he followed it up and said, this is for Cole Swider clarifying, what is the biggest difference with playing in the Big East and playing in the ACC? How was it making that move and ultimately playing for two Hall of Fame cl- coaches and basically just the atmosphere. I read that completely wrong because someone's, someone's messing with the Google Doc right now. But you get the gist of the question, don't you, Swider? Yeah. No, obviously, playing for two Hall of Fame coaches was a blessing. Obviously, two very different philosophies, but um, two two great programs, two great ways of doing things, and um, great, great experiences both places. But um, I would say for the conferences, I mean, in the Big East, you play everyone twice. So the scouting mm-hmm. reports are intense. Um, you know, Everyone knows everybody's plays. Um, and, and the games kind of turn into like these wrestling matches. You know what I mean? You play against a bunch of great teams. Like Butler's super tough. Xavier's super tough. Seton Hall's like a rugged team. And honestly, Coach Wright like pride himself on us being just like the hardest playing team, the toughest team. Um, and we would want to win games 62 to 58. You know what I mean? Like yeah. just the, like those ugly games. No one can make a shot, but we come out on top. Like that was like Coach Wright's pride and joy. And then in the ACC, like the ACC, like is definitely the the most comparable to the NBA in terms of spacing, in terms of offense, and that's why I think the ACC does so well in the tournament every single year is because just the offensive capabilities in the league is just unbelievable. I mean, we we had so many games last year where, where the games were in the 80s, 90s, people were getting up more shots, people are, are really mm-hmm. focusing on pace and space, and then you don't get to play everybody twice. So, like you like for example, we played North Carolina only once last year and we played them our, our second to last regular season game of the year so like we, we, we don't get to see them once and then and then come back and, and, and game plan for them again and then on, on the other hand we played Florida State three times so there's there's teams that you play three times and in the Big East it's like you're playing everybody twice and you literally can't run a play because the it's, it's such a well coached league so is the ACC but mm-hmm. like with those coaches in the Big no, East I know exactly what you mean yeah with those coaches in the Big East, you're not getting that top tier talent the ACC schools are getting. So, like the coaching is just unbelievable, and that's how they they can compete every single year. So, um, yeah. I would say that was the main difference with the conferences, just the offensive, offensive minds of ACC. I think ACC has some of the best offensive. Minds. I think Coach Beheim's one of the best offensive minds that I've I've ever even witnessed. So, yeah, just just there's a lot of coaches that's like that in the ACC. Yeah. That's uh, that's the best part about college sports, though. It's like the contrasting styles, just conference to conference, is awesome. But the ACC last year, it was, like, exhausting. It was like we play, you know, Miami on Wednesday, and then you get 
Duke or North Carolina or, you know, even Virginia. It's like there's just so much, like, firepower. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, Wake Forest was awesome. And then, I mean, it's just like there's so much firepower on everyone's roster. And it stunk last year the ACC didn't get any respect because I I feel like the way every single team got better throughout the year, I mean, it showed in the tournament. We had three teams in the Elite Eight, two teams in the Final Four. Like, it was just – it was a shame that that we like like for example Virginia wins twenty games Wake Forest wins like twenty three games and they both don't get invited they, don't get. they both get, don't get invited to the tournament like how is that like we only had five teams yeah. from the ACC and, and like we're beating each other yeah. like Virginia Virginia beat Duke at Duke yeah not 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 to go on a rant right here because no no this is. It was just, like, frustrating because the narrative was, like, oh, there's no good teams in the ACC. And it was just everyone was really good. So it was, like, the whole conference just, like, cannibalized itself. It was, like, anyone could beat anyone else. So then it's, like, going to the tournament, oh, the ACC doesn't have any, you know, one or two seeds, whatever. And then, well, Duke was obviously up there. but And then, like you said, Miami goes into conference tournament week. It's, like, oh, Miami's kind of on the bubble still. And then they make the Elite Eight. You know what I mean? It's, like – yeah. I, I think the speed and athleticism was a little bit of a change too from from the Big East yeah. uh, to the ACC. But yeah, mm-hmm. in, in terms of physicality, obviously I think the Big East was a little bit more physical. But at the end of the day, two great conferences, two contrasting styles, and um, that was actually a great question by uh, Mark McHale. Yeah, unbelievable question. Nickname Mark or nickname Cram. I'll give you guys a couple seconds. It's just Mark backwards. That's <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, real creative. I think I came up with that in, like, eighth or ninth grade. So, yeah, peak of comedy there. But, um, yeah, I, I say good diversion there on, on the ACC and kind of venting about last year. But, um, yeah, we're not going to waste any more time here. Just go right into this interview with Austin. Um, that's why I thought, like we said, you know, very good interview. Really appreciate him coming on. So, not great, great guy, obviously. Um, really appreciate him taking time. We just got we just literally flew into Sacramento, and uh, he took the time to have a great interview with us. So really appreciate it, um, Jake, Adam, Patty. Um, really excited to get this episode out, and um, hope, hope you guys enjoy it. Patty, do, do you do just like your normal subscribe here? You know. Oh no, that's I'm the closer. Hey, but let's just do, we'll do it that on the other side. Let's just do it both. I'll oh, do it on the okay. All right, all right. I'll go. I'll I'll do two innings tonight. That's fine. But uh, yeah, subscribe to the Swider. Wait, I'm messing it up right now. Follow Instagram and Twitter at Swider Show. Um, yeah, you can subscribe on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you want to submit a good mailbag question of the week like Cram, then email at Swider Show. Or show at gmail.com. And one of these weeks, Swider, I think we're going to just do a full mailback episode. So, um, yeah, make sure you guys are getting those in. And, yeah, we'll see you on the other side where I say the exact same thing after this, this good interview with Austin. So, appreciate you guys tuning in. All right, welcome, Austin. I appreciate y'all for having me. Like I said, anything for my boy. Yeah, man. So, uh, we, we just we just flew in from, uh, from L.A. We, we had a game last night, and kind of the quick NBA turnaround. We're just getting right into it. Play SAC tomorrow and uh, for our last preseason game. So, obviously, first question that me and Patty always like to like to ask is, 
recently, just talk talk about preseason, how, how that's been going, and and obviously just just kind of just going over your performances and how the team's looking so far. I mean, it's a lot of new faces, so it's gonna be a little shaky, um, just from that standpoint. But I feel like it's been a good vibe all around the team, uh, performance. You know, I just try to plug and play wherever I can, help the team be successful. Um, but I can't wait to, to get the regular season started and, you know, have fun with the new group. Yeah, for sure. I, like like I, I've been saying, I, I think the vibes were great on the team. I think we got, obviously have a lot of characters on our team. But just overall, it, it's been a, been a pretty good start. Obviously, wins and losses haven't been too indicative of that. But, you know, preseason, Bron's just getting – used to playing with everyone and everything like that. But um, obviously, start, starting from kind of just, we won't go like too in depth in terms of just Arkansas and stuff like that, but uh, just for, first question from that aspect, what was it like kind of growing up in Arkansas um, in the basketball culture there? Uh, I mean, it's what I knew, so it was normal to me, but probably not for everybody. I grew up in a town of uh, 1,100 people. My graduating class was 52. Uh, so super small. Uh, the sport, sports, all in all, was I mean it's a big thing, but like you don't get you don't get really high level talent um, in those types of places. But you know it's some of the most fun I've had playing basketball or any sports in general, just because you play with guys that you've known since you were four or five years old. So uh, I would say it was really fun on that aspect, just because. Like I said, you've known them for so long, the chemistry you have. And, uh, like, I'm a big chemistry person when it comes to sports. So uh, just knowing, you know, where where people are going to be at the right times is, is big in sports. So it was a lot of fun. Um, didn't get the the offers, you know, that I thought I should have had. But, you know, I, I found a way. Um, awesome. First of all, thanks for coming on. I'm going to do my job as a co-host here and actually speak. I'm sure uh, – <laughs> The listeners were getting a little little worried I wasn't here this week, but I am here, guys. I'm, I am here to uh, participate in the interview. So, I mean, you mentioned there's only, what, 1,100, 1,200 people in your hometown. So I was curious, like, when you go back now, are you just, like, a legend? Because I'm, I'm sure, you know, I come from a pretty small town, not that small. I'm sure there's not many Lakers players that are going back to your hometown. So is everyone, like, are you, like, the Michael Jordan of – of Newark, Arkansas, or what? Uh, yeah, <laughs> honestly, but I don't really, I don't like to claim that. Um, but it's kind of been like that ever since I went to college. Uh, I think I was the first D1 uh, kid to ever come out of my school, and really the area, honestly. But when I go back now, I think it's so small that like you know everybody, so mm-hmm. everybody knows that I'm. I don't really like the attention. I just like to chill, you know, play golf, play basketball, and that's it. So everybody really, you know, leaves me alone for the most part. But it's, it's really the little kids, which I really don't care about just because, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I'm, I want to make the, the younger generation happy and give them some hope. Yeah, yeah man, I, obviously just, just playing with Austin now, just he's the most humble humble guy I've ever been around. Just the first – from the first day I met him, I was like, uh, yeah, you had a hell of a year last year. I was like, yeah, man, it was okay. You know, made, made a couple shots. <laughs> made a couple shots. But, uh, yeah, also kind of going off of that, just talk about your, your senior year of high school, kind of what, what went into your college decision and what schools were recruiting you and, um, and what other sports you played in, in high school because 
Patty, you, you, you wouldn't believe. Wait, I, I gotta, I gotta cut in real quick here. Given that you're, you're talking about, I mean, Swider saying you're, you're one of the more humble guys around. You gotta tell the story about your career high in high school, because like when I was looking up articles, I was like, Jesus Christ, Swider, <laughs> do you know this? No, he, he told me. I didn't. Uh, tell yeah, him. you got, you got to, you got to tell the story. Yeah, you got to tell the story of this game. Yeah, so it was '73. Um, we were actually <laughs> playing the team that won the 5A state championship. So it goes to seven in Arkansas. We were three at the time. They were five, um, but arguably five was the best class um, as a whole. They ended up winning the 5A state championship that year, but it was a track meet the whole game. Uh, it was three overtimes. Uh, the final score was 117 to 115. I shot 38 free throws, I think. I think it was 35 or 36 for 38, uh, something like that. But it was one of those that I looked up, I think, at the end of regulation. It was like the fourth, and I had 50, like eight or 59. And I, was, I looked I was like, damn. And then I didn't look up until the end of the game, and I honestly thought they had a typo. Like, I was like, they – they messed this up because there's no way I just had that many points. But yeah, uh, I went in the locker room. Everybody I, was going nuts. So it was. I mean, like any high. any basketball game you play in, it's like 40s, obviously a lot. 50s, like holy shit, he has 50. 60s, like unbelievable. And then 70s, like inconceivable. 70 is inconceivable. So so awesome. We're talking <laughs> about 16 minute halves, sir. This was we played, yeah. Eight, eight minute quarters. Thirty two so, so minutes. Kobe, so Kobe has eighty one in forty eight minutes. I was just about to say that. There's been like three seventy point games outside of Will in the history of the <laughs> <laughs> Like and you're just doing it in an Arkansas high school game. It's unbelievable. I knew it was gonna be a game <laughs> I knew it was gonna be a game like that when they was calling the starting lineups and you know, you go over to shake the other team the the other team's coach's hand. And the dude literally, like, I go over to shake his hand regular, and he, like, he daps me up and was like, let's hoop. And I was like, oh, it's going to be one of these. Like, it's just going to be a track hold this, meet. Hold this 70. And our coach our coach the whole time was like, we can't run with him. Like, we don't we don't even need to try. And I was like, we're going to try. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it worked so, out. So, so now back to my question, Austin. Uh, thanks, Yeah, man. sorry. I, I, that was just, like. We we needed to cover that. Oh no no I'm for sorry. sure for sure yeah for sure, but yeah back back to my question just talk about your college recruitment uh, some of your other hidden talents that you have and uh, <laughs> just talk about your just your recruiting journey in general and then the decision you ultimately came to. Yeah so I didn't I only played one year at AAU uh, I played baseball growing up which always was kind of a conflict uh, for basketball but then got burned out on baseball so I played my last year at AAU and that's really when I got any type of interest like my junior year I had talked to a couple you know a lot of D2 schools and then a couple small D1 schools um, and that was really it senior year uh, had a really good year and I think I ended with like three offers and then when Wichita offered I was like alright this is this is definitely going to be my best offer. They had just come off the Final Four. They had Ron Baker, Fred Van Vliet. They were a really good team. So the culture was good around there. I took a visit there and was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'd be stupid if I didn't, you know, jump on this opportunity real quick. So that was really it. I didn't I didn't really have a lot. Uh, everybody was saying I was too uh, unathletic, 
couldn't couldn't hold my own. I was too skinny, all that kind of stuff. But you know, you bet on yourself and everything will work out. What, what were some of the other schools that, that offered you? So it was Wichita State, South Dakota State, like Montana State or something weird like that. But the crazy thing is, is like my mom and dad both played at Arkansas State. And we had we had a four day tournament there every year, and like the scoring title for the four day tournament was like one thirty, and I hate talking about myself, but like I have I averaged like forty nine for the tournament, and still didn't get an offer. So it was one of those like it was like I did literally everything I could do, and nobody would offer. I always, I always give credit to those coaches who were at like Montana State and South Dakota State, for sure. who who offered, like, Kyle Gillespie, right? Like, right. Same, same type yeah, of yeah. thing. I, I, I give the guys at Holy Name a lot of credit, you know what I mean, where it's like, all right. Like, they, they offered this kid but, before Villanova did. Yeah. The other thing that's great is, like, the Montana State and South Dakota State coaches are definitely watching you, like, kill it for the Lakers, and they're like, yeah, that's my guy. I was on him early. <laughs> <laughs> sure. You know what I mean? Like, I had an eye for him, like, right away. For sure. Yeah, it's like, we, we saw the talent when no one did. No, that's yeah, facts. Yeah, exactly. That's facts. But, yeah, just just kind of going off of that, obviously you have a big-time senior year, and then you decided, obviously went to Wichita State. Talk about the transition from Arkansas High School basketball to Wichita State. Um, obviously you had a crazy journey at Wichita State and everything like that. So just talk about that that, that transition from, from, the, from those two polar – I mean, not polar opposites, but just two different levels of, of basketball. Yeah, so I graduated uh, high school at 17. I was six, five, and buck sixty maybe. So I was skinny. I would, I'll never take that away from from college coaches when they looked at me. But I mean, it's hard. It's not hard to get in the weight room and lift and put on weight. A legit six five, Patty. Not not the six yeah, one. Yeah, you, are. I'm, <laughs> you could tell. I'm more. No, I'm, I'm closer to six six, but yeah. Depends um, on what shoes I'm wearing. <laughs> <laughs> five sure. on a good day. Yeah, if I'm wearing some Kyrie's, I'm like six seven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it was it was, I mean, I'd never played with talent like that. When I played uh, AU, I wasn't on the EYBL team. It was a hand pick side team. I wasn't good enough to play on the EYBL team. Uh, so I was for the first time playing guys that were, I don't want to say better than me, but like physically more gifted, more athletic. Um, and Wichita is not like a one-and-done type school. Like, you had guys that were 20, 22, 21 years old that me being 17 trying to compete against. Um, but it was just, I mean, it was like my whole mindset, I mean, basically throughout all the basketball is like figure out one thing you can do to get on the court and do that really well and then expand. Uh, so that's what I did my freshman year. I didn't play a lot. Uh, like 11 or 12 minutes, but uh, going into my sophomore year, played probably 21 minutes a game, and I mean, we were really successful there. So awesome, one of the things that, that we talk about all the time is like, obviously we both transferred, and you're one of the most gifted passes I've ever been around, but talk about how your role at Wichita State didn't really, like, obviously at me at Villanova, you at Wichita State, like, talk about how your game kind of evolutionized once you transferred, and then, like, what, what was some of the, what was like kind of like your role at Wichita State, and what got you on the floor? Was, was, was some of those things we were just talking about? 
Yeah, it was really just catch and shoot and compete on defense. Like at that time, I wasn't physically gifted enough to actually be a good defender. So I had to take charges, dive on the floor for loose balls, all that stuff that's not fun. Um, but that was never my game. Like I literally did that just so I could get on the court. Like I was always a point guard, always trying to get others involved. And so when I was transferring, I was trying to go to a situation where I could be more myself. And like we had played Oklahoma the two years that I was at Wichita. And like the way Lon, uh, Coach Krug, let his players play was something that attracted me there. And when I got there from day one, like it was, you know, be yourself. Uh, so it was, it led me like, honestly, like just play basketball again and like really find the joy in basketball again. So you have a, so you have a good few years at, at Wichita State and then uh, you ultimately decided to transfer. But at the same time, like when I was at Villanova, like I felt like that prepared me for the next level. Um, do you think if you didn't go to Wichita State, you would have had the same mindset going into the NBA playing with obviously LeBron and Russ and AD and, and being able to, to fit in, like, like like you said, if you didn't have that experience? I mean, not, not to the extent that I needed. Uh, coach Marshall was a very strict coach, and you had to do exactly what, I mean, he wanted you to do. And that kind of, I mean, it bleeds over to now. I mean, you got to do all this stuff that's not fun and dive on the floor, take charges, um, and figure out how to support guys that, I mean, are arguably the best in the game. So I will say that, you know, uh, Coach Marshall did prepare me for uh, what I've, done the last year or so I was curious about um you're one of the last like transfer classes that actually had to sit out a year and obviously you go from Wichita State you have a full year off and then you're in a completely different role when you get to Oklahoma so I was curious about that year and like if you focused on specific stuff and kind of what your mindset was and how big that was for you for getting better yes yeah, so like the role that you had yeah, at Oklahoma yeah I actually all I wanted to redshirt my freshman year at Wichita and I went to coach and was like, oh, I want a red shirt. And he basically told me no. <laughs> and then I got hurt. <laughs> I had dislocated my shoulder. And I wanted to get surgery on it mid-year so I could take the rest of that year and then the full summer to be – I mean, because I was still going to get my medical red shirt, so be prepared for my sophomore year. And, but it would be a medical red shirt year. So he told me no again that I was going to play. And then – Sophomore year, he told me, or at the end of freshman year, he was like, you know, we'll talk about it next year. But we were going to be really good. Uh, I think we were, we got the third in the country. So, like, we had a squad. And I didn't want to miss out on, you know, potentially making a run. So, kind of pushed that to the side. So, when I was leaving, like, I was kind of prepared to, you know, take the year just to try to get, I mean, better in all aspects. But, I mean, the main one was just to get in the weight room and get stronger. Um, it sucked though. Like the year sitting out was horrible. Yeah. You know, I thought I was good with it until like games rolled around, and then I'm sitting on the sideline with like I couldn't do anything. Like I could just talk, and that's it. But it it was it sucked, but I was something that I really needed. Yeah, it's just, you're the you're the ultimate gamer too. So I can yeah. only imagine what. I'm, I'm not saying Austin's not a practice guy because obviously Austin has improved so much. Yeah. You know what I mean? but, Austin is uh, definitely a gamer. Yeah, I agree with that. <laughs>
So yeah, obviously you decided to transfer after a, a couple years at uh, at Wichita State. What what, what kind of went into that decision? And talk about the transfer recruiting process and how how much different that was in high school. Yeah, uh, so we had six seniors, I think, my sophomore year at Wichita, and then Landry Shamit was uh, entering the draft, so that's seven, and then we had like four or five guys that were transferring as well. And I nobody even thought that I would leave. Like, I didn't even think that I would leave, honestly. Um, and then, but with all that happening, like, and I will say coaches, like, He's tough to play for. So you bring in a whole new group of young guys that you don't really know how or how to handle, how they're going to handle that situation. So I just thought it was, you know, best for me to, you know, go fit, go find a fit for me that's better for myself. Uh, and then at that point, the recruiting process from that point was completely different. Actually, funny story, I had class, I think – Marshall told me to keep quiet on me transferring. It was like on a Saturday. And he told me to keep quiet to like a Thursday because we had recruits in town. And I was like, you know what? I can do that. Like, I don't That's care. That's so real. And, which I don't, I mean, I was cool with. I didn't care. Like, he had gave me an opportunity. <laughs> so, whatever. I'd, you know, repay the favor. But somehow it got leaked on Tuesday because I had class at like 8.30 or 9 in the morning. And, like, my mom would always call me, like, 8 in the morning. So I'm asleep Tuesday morning, and, like, my phone is going off. So I roll over, don't even look at who's calling me, and I just answer. And it was uh, a reporter. Coach. Juwan Howard? No, the one. John, John Beeline. John Rousty? John Rousty? It was <laughs> <laughs> It was Beeline, and he was like, uh, oh, this is Beeline from Michigan, and I, like, I was still asleep. So I was like, uh, why, like, what are, are you calling me for? He was like, oh, I see you entered the transfer portal. And I was like, it's not supposed to be out. And he was like, oh, well, it's out. Like, Twitter, go look, whatever. And I don't even have Twitter, but he was like, it's out. And it was just, from that day till I committed to Oklahoma, it was it, people calling me left and right like had a lot of offers after that how how quickly did you commit to oklahoma because i know swatty you were what like two or three days to cues it was that fast yeah well we you couldn't even go on any visits because that's over here so and i already visited oh yeah that's that's true everything like that and i knew i wanted to play for bayheim and yeah two three zone shoot threes (laughs) sounds like a lot uh it was I honestly knew pretty quick, um, but my my people wanted me to, to take other visits, so I went to Purdue. Uh, I actually went to Northern Iowa as well. I was real close with their coaching staff, um, but I knew because I went to Oklahoma first because it was it was like a two hour drive from where I was at Wichita. Okay. Okay. Uh, went down there like it's basically like a week after I got my um, whatever release papers and. Knew that's where I wanted to go, but just out of courtesy for my people, I took I went and looked at a couple other places, and then I was done. I I didn't really like the whole process. I don't really like talking to people like that, so I was ready to get it over with. <laughs> so obviously, you transferred to Oklahoma. Um, talk about that transition. Talk about the year, your junior year, and and kind of like just well, obviously you sat you sat out here. We kind of talked about that, but your, your first year playing, like just talk about that how how that transition was and 
how that obviously that year off kind of prepared you to to play in the Big Twelve. Yeah, so uh, the Big Twelve is tough. Uh, it's just there's so much defense. Like all coaches just preach defense, which sucks because if you want to like really get active, like it's hard. So if you average like 13, 14 in a Big 12, I consider you to be really good. Um, but it was a good year, junior and senior year, pretty kind of similar. Um, you know, I think end of junior year was when COVID happened and we got in the tournament. We squeaked in the tournament, but we were really like just catching traction. Like with, we had a bunch of new guys, uh, nobody that ever really played together. So we just were catching traction and we had a good draw. Um, so it sucked that everything shut down at that point, but you know, two good years there, um, and just catapulted me to the next level. Talk about your development between your junior and senior year at Oklahoma, right? I remember w one of the things with, when I came in, it's like, I was like, wow, you're an unbelievable passer. Um, like, yeah, like my junior going in, it's my senior year at Oklahoma. Like, I wanted to show I was a point guard. So all I did that summer was pass and just learn how to play with other players. And, and one of Patty's favorite players, Brady Manick. <laughs> no, the other thing, well, this is like a serious question that's adding to your question. <laughs> I can't make a joke. But uh, talking about your passing, such a fascinating question to me is like, are you thinking about the passes you're making or is it just all instincts? Because I'm firmly of the belief, like I've gotten in this argument with people, that it's like mo it's like 95% instincts. But like when you throw a good pass to anyone, like that pass you threw to LeBron in the air last night, like are you thinking or is it all instincts? Uh. I, I can agree with you. It's like I would say ninety percent instincts, and then but yeah. like I hate when I hate when like announcers like so last night when I made the pass to Bron, uh, I'm pretty sure one of the announcers was like oh he got caught in the air like no worse like, I I baited that <laughs> it's literally the worst like it's yeah it, I seen it coming the whole time but like. The one I threw to Cole in the corner, I it was like, all right, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna try. It. Like, <laughs> I, that's the kind of mindset I have. Like, it, it's probably it yeah. hurts me at some points just because I'm like, all right, I'm gonna, who, like, I'm gonna just basically fuck it. Well, like, I'm gonna just throw it. One thing people don't like factor into being a really, really good passer is you can't be afraid to have like six turnovers. Like, it's gonna happen. It's you know what I mean? Like, like you, you're just gonna let it fly, and like you might get picked off. You might look dumb sometimes, but other times, like wow, that was a sweet pass. A hundred percent. Patty's acting like he's like yeah. a really good passer. All of a sudden, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know. Like, what are you? I mean, you're, you're a score first. You play with me. No, I'm not. No. <laughs> I definitely led Syracuse in in uh, practice turnovers, but there was a couple times where it'd be like, oh shit. <laughs> so, 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 so Patty would always play against the the two three zone. Like he'd be uh -huh. like. And, uh, oh my god! He he would either throw an alley oop dunk or just a, a turnover. Yeah, I mean sometimes I looked like Jay Willow, and it was like, oh wow, look at that. <laughs> 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 yeah, when it works out, it's like, I don't know, it's worth the risk. Yeah. But yeah, going back to my question, Austin, uh, just talk about your junior senior year, just kind of the, the the change that you made within your game to kind of propel yourself to an NBA or consider yourself an NBA prospect. Yeah, like you said, I wanted to make it a point to where I was a point guard at that time. I think everybody thought of me just to be a, a two, a shooter that could score. Um, but my whole life, like I said, I, I always 
got the most joy of like getting everybody else involved so like you said that summer I was like I'm gonna make it a point to the coaches that I'm the best point guard on the team and even though that they probably didn't even think I was a point guard at the time uh, so all summer I literally was just I don't know I didn't shoot that much I was just passing it the whole time um, just like I said to try to get them to be like okay yeah like you're our best option at the one uh, and other than that like it was just you know, getting in the gym skill work and then on top of that getting stronger yeah well, one thing that that people don't really give you credit for is that you're like a sneaky athlete. I appreciate that. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Pat, 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 <laughs> Patty sent me that video the other day of, of uh, you getting Steph on, on, the, on that move. It was like, wow. Oh, unbelievable. Yeah. That was crafty, too. Like, that was like a mix of, of a lot of things. That actually leads me to, I wanted to ask about a specific play in your senior year. Um, this might be bringing up a bad memory. It ended up being your last college game. But it's kind of like what Swider said before. You guys play Gonzaga, who I'm sure all the listeners remember. They're undefeated to this point. I think it was Sweet 16, right? No, nah, 32. It was the second round. 32? Yeah. Okay, my bad. But uh, you end up having like 28, 27 in that game. And there's a clip like the first play of the game where he does the Swider like dead dribble with his left leg, and then you like throw it across and do a reverse layup. Do you guys like watch your own highlights after that? This is a question for both of you. Like, are you like, oh, shit, like, I got to watch this after the game? I honestly didn't know it was that tough until, like, it was posted everywhere. Oh. So it was like, yeah, I had, I mean, no, on, had, option. I had no option <laughs> then to see it. Like, I got on my phone and yeah. it was like, first five posts, that's what it was. Um, I'm not a big fan of watching my own highlights because I know, for one thing, I do good. And there's probably something I do really dumb. Yeah. So... I stay away from my highlights. Yeah. Water. To answer that question, for I probably had one like major highlight this year, and that was my Wake Forest dunk. So. Oh, now you got a lot. I mean, in the in the uh, oh, is that the Wake Forest dunk that's in the intro? The back door uh, to Swire. No, no, that's actually from summer. No, that's a different one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, oh, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, I mean, every now and then I'll throw down the dunk, kind of like Austin. Every now and then. Yeah. I gotta be feeling real good to do that. Two points is two points. That's how I think of it. Yeah. Must be felt feel good the other day. <laughs> no, no, no. I didn't want to dunk it, but I had to. Oh, you had to. Yeah. Decent move. You got to cap it off. Yeah. But obviously that that, that year, that yeah. COVID year, we, we we talked about it with Colin a little bit. And Colin has a very strong opinion on the COVID year. Well, how was that COVID <laughs> year for you? Because uh, we like at Villanova, we were we were locked down. Couldn't really see anyone. Um, talk about how, like, that, that year kind of just affected you and everything that was going on. Uh, you know, it didn't really affect me that much. Uh, I'm a homebody. I play the game a lot. And who, other than that, I mean, I could golf too, so everything that I really like to do, I could do. Um, I didn't really go out. Chilled in the house, so it was really, like, kind of nice for me honestly like I didn't have to deal with a lot of people I did definitely didn't have to go to class which was amazing um but yeah nah it was nothing really changed for me who who have you guys golfed against each other yet or no we've played we've played together yeah I wouldn't say against each other it's not uh Austin's like a scratch Austin's a scratch golfer come on that's unfair Patty. No, I'm Patty, saying like Patty. Me and you are comparable. Like, 
That's just not true either. <laughs> wait, wait, are you good? I'm like all right. I'll no. shoot like mid 80s. You if, said mid 80s. Like at best, mid 80s. Yeah. Mid 80s is a good score. That, that's, yeah. that's like Swider. Yeah, we played twice. I think the first time I beat Swider by like 25, and then Swider beat me by like two the next time. So he get out of here, bro! I think you quit that that time we played. This Dude, that was a Monday. I had a long day of graduate classes. You wouldn't oh, know. Oh yeah, I don't know. Yeah, after your senior year, obviously you guys lost to Gonzaga in the second rounds. Um, talk about just kind of the process after the season, like how you went into hiring an agent, and then after that, just just the draft and, and just those draft workouts because we talked about four, 18 draft workouts. Yeah, 18, 18 draft workouts? 18. Uh, it was kind of like the recruiting process. I didn't really enjoy it. It was, you know, people just, a lot of agencies just say the same stuff. Like, oh, we're going to do this, 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 and this. But, you know. I didn't want to be another number, so I went with a, an agency that didn't have nobody. Uh, they have a bunch of overseas guys, so I kind of wanted to be the first. And like, at the end of the day, I always thought that like it would it come down to like if you could hoop or not. Like if you can't hoop, it don't matter. Like, but if you got game, then at the end of the day, you'll figure out how to you know get in the situation that you want to be in. Um, so I went with, like I said, guys that, that didn't have nobody. I knew that they were going to work every day to put me in the best position. And I wanted to build something. Like, I wanted to help them, you know, because it had been kind of like my story uh, with basketball. You know, really no offers, like three offers, whatever. And then they've been in situations where they had come really close to getting a really good player and not get them because they didn't have a guy. Like, they didn't have a guy in the NBA. So, you know, being being the first for that was is special because, like, I have a really good relationship with both of them, um, both really good people. And, like, the, the draft workouts, I did 18. It was a long summer, like, long. Uh, I remember I think Boston was my last workout, and I was just so ready to get it over and go back to the house, I think, for two days before the draft. And then right after that, I was in L.A. Um, but it was, I mean, it was fun. Like, I got the chance to compete against, you know, a lot of guys that were supposed to be better than me. Um, <laughs> but it was it was a good summer, you know. I felt like I handled everything the way I needed to. Yeah, I mean, so obviously you mentioned you signed with L.A. You move into Summer League. Um Watching you play, I definitely describe you as kind of just having a knack for like making plays. It seems like, you know, even if you're not maybe shooting it well, it's like you play good defense. You kind of just find a way to to impact the game whenever you're there. So is that sort of your mindset going into summer league right off the bat? Like you're just like, okay, I'm just gonna play my game and and kind of just try and like fill up the box score no matter what you know areas I'm actually doing it in. Yeah, I mean, I knew going in like it wasn't gonna be the best basketball and. It's not good for me if it's not good basketball because that's what I mm -hmm. – I mean, I like to think that I play good basketball 95% of the time. Um, so I knew going into there it was going to be not great basketball. And then on top of that, every NBA team's got guys. Like, you've got bronze, ADs. Like, it don't even matter if you go to – like, we're in SAC. you got De'Aaron Fox, Sabonis. You got guys. So, yeah. 
you don't need to go in and try to get 25. You need to do all the little stuff, play defense, box out. Just, like I said, little stuff like that. So that's what I really wanted to do, and it didn't matter. Like, I shot it horrible in summer league, but it was all the other uh, other stuff that, I mean, apparently caught um, the right people's eyes. Yeah, just just going off that, obviously, um, summer league is <laughs> one of those things where it's, all right, you're in Vegas, you know what I mean? Like, you're playing a game every other day, um, and then – Obviously, if you're not winning, it's even more. It's even more. Brutal. Yeah. Did you guys play in the California Classic last year yeah. too? Okay. Yeah. So, so playing eight games in seventeen or seventeen, eighteen days, it's it's tough for sure. Especially if you're if you're not winning. But it. So one of the scouts I was talking to the other day, Patty, was like, "Yeah, like Austin, like didn't have the best summer league in terms of shooting the ball, but we could tell from the beginning that he was going to be able to fit with LeBron and AD. Austin. Knows how to play. Ball. Yeah. yeah. Also, yeah. talk about how just going going from summer league, maybe not playing as well as you wanted to, if, if that was even a thought, um, to obviously going into training camp and just trying to prove who you were and 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 obviously getting converted pretty early. Yeah, so it was actually bronze mini camp last year. We went back, we went to Vegas for bronze mini camp. We did basically the same stuff we did this year. Played well, shot it well. And that's when I got converted. So it was the Sunday before. So we had media day Monday, yeah. Tuesday, training camp started. So the Sunday before training camp is when I got converted. So that was a sigh of relief. Like I didn't go into training camp, like, you know, having to like, not press, but like, I kind of got the spot. So like, I could really just go be myself. And then from day one, that's what everybody, I mean, preached to me. Like I have Bron, you know, AD. Rondo just telling me to, to be who I am, like IQ guy that you know plays the game the right way, and everything will you know fall into place after that. Yeah, no, you can you can tell just the way that Austin plays. You know what I mean? It obviously fits fits those three guys, but at the same time, it, he he makes his presence known by diving on the floor. You know what I mean? Ma- ma- making mm-hmm. a making an extra pass to to Bron to get him going or hit, hit Bron on a cut. Especially now, I think obviously really been able to come into your own for, for that. Um, so, so just talk about the, just the season as a whole last year. You don't have to go too in-depth, but what, what was one game that, that you felt like, all right, like, this is a league I can play in, this team, like, this team could use me, and then just talk about just the progression of your season last year. Yeah, so it was actually the second game of the year. First game we played Golden State, I believe, DNP, first one of my career. That was the first time I ever been on a wow. basketball team and no did way. not see the court. And it was like, I was with my agents and I was like, well, y'all witnessed history tonight. Like, and they was like, what? And I was like, this is, a, this is the first time I've been on a team and not seen the court <laughs> once. Like, yeah. I had games in college my freshman year where I only played like four or five, three, three four minutes, but never, never had a DMP. And then, so that was the first game. The second game we played Phoenix. They was beating us by like 30. And to start the fourth, coach threw me in. And I believe at that time it was me, Bron, Russ, AD, Mello on the court. And like we, um, I think I hit like two or three threes, got another bucket. And like we cut it to 10 with like two minutes left or like 12, like two minutes left. And then ever since then, like, I was basically in the rotation. I kind of got, you know, in and out. Um, 
like spot times where I got DMPs. Maybe I wasn't shooting it well or playing well, but for the most part, the whole year, um, other than injuries, I had a hamstring issue um, that I was out for probably two or three weeks. But other than that, I hit the ground running pretty quick. Um, I wanted to ask about a specific game, like early on. I think it was December. I feel like this was kind of like your coming out to party to a lot of like the nation at Dallas, where you guys are playing. Yeah, exactly. You guys are playing on ESPN. LeBron says that you go five for six and then hit the game winner. Kind of like walk through your mindset in that second half, because obviously, I mean, you just completely went off and ended up winning the game for them. So. Yeah. So. I mean, it was just a, a regular game. Um, and then we went into overtime, right? I think it was overtime. Um, there had been, like, Russ had actually hit the three in the corner. And then oh, yeah. Wayne Ellington, I thought. Wayne hit it to top. Russ hit it before Wayne. Oh, yeah, yeah, And then yeah. Wayne hit one in the three uh, in the corner, same corner, to tie it, uh, to send it to overtime. And they, uh, in overtime, I believe they hit, like, two threes back-to-back that were just, I think, Cleaver banked one in from the top of the key. So it's just some, some wild stuff going on. And yeah. So that play, actually, I don't know who it was on the bench, but I was standing in the right corner before we ran the play. We didn't even really run a play, honestly. We were just running a slip screen with Wayne and Braun. And someone on their bench behind us or behind me was like, you don't want it. And I was I, t- I literally turned around and was like, look, I'm, I'm probably not going to touch it, but if I do this game <laughs> – and, so yeah, I was like, if I do, it's over. Like, it's game. Wow. And literally, like, I don't ever really get caught up in the moment. Like, I don't know if it's just, like, I don't know. I never get nervous, really, other than golf. I get nervous in golf. But <laughs> basketball-wise, like, never get nervous. Yeah. And literally, like, when the pass was coming to me, I was like, oh, shit. Like, I can't <laughs> miss this now. I just told him I wasn't going to touch it, but if yeah. I did, it was over. And then obviously shot goes in, and you get arguably raked. a foul, <laughs> and you get raked. Arguably it was a foul, but they didn't call it. Uh, and then the next thing I see, I turn around and run to the other end, and I see Rondo at the free throw line, like waving at the crowd. The game's still going on. <laughs> the game's still going <laughs> on, but crazy night. Um, actually, the whole fourth Damn. quarter, LeBron was was on me, like. I made a couple defense mistakes. I let Jalen Brunson get left, and basically it was no left, obviously. Um, so he was on me the whole fourth quarter and, and overtime. But, you know, it was it was a good night for sure. That's unreal. Yeah. It's just just like moments you dream of, right? Like a, a year before, yeah. you are in Oklahoma playing with, like, who knows? You know what I mean? And then five yeah. years before that, you were talking 73. Hillbilly Kobe. Maybe, maybe, maybe the best part. Yeah, Hillbilly Kobe. Maybe the best part of that answer is you walking through hitting a game winner in a Lakers game on ESPN. You're like, I really wasn't nervous, but like golf. Like if I'm standing over like a ten foot, <laughs> no, I'm then telling like you, I get pretty nervous. <laughs> if, if, if I got people watching me and golf, not so much anymore. Oh, yeah, it's the worst. I'm more comfortable with my game now, but like back in the day, yeah. if I had people watching me, I'd it'd get a little tight. Sure. Yeah, I mean, if you're scratched, then you don't you don't have much to worry about. I don't know if I'm scratched yet. I'm like a two. So, so quick, quick, nah. quick, quick, uh, quick side <laughs> note. So, Austin played the other day. I was like, "Hey, Austin, how'd you play?" He's like, "76. Could have hit a putt all day." 
that was a very. I could have. I could have been. Uh, I could have been four under through three, but couldn't make a putt. I was like. Austin, I honestly hate you now. <laughs> Come on. You're a yeah. great guy, but... That's, like, just outrageous. <laughs> You're like, I scored 73 in a game, but, like, I'm shooting 72 on the golf course, too. Like, that's just completely unfair. Yeah. <laughs> Unreal. But, yeah, so, obviously, season season came... Uh, season was over. Obviously, wasn't it the season that you guys wanted to have. Talk about just your mindset going into this off season, um, the summer that you had. Not having to play summer league and and obviously just kind of getting the confidence from the from the front office to be like, hey, like you're gonna be a, a big part of our team this year. Yeah, I think it kind of stemmed off of I mean the last game of the year. Um, you know, people will say, yeah, you wasn't playing anybody, which is true. Like playing the other team's backups, but uh, you know, kind of got the chance to like really, really be myself. Um, and then in the summer, like, it was basically just keep doing what you're doing and then just keep getting better, uh, get in the weight room, get faster, stronger, all that. Um, but, I mean, from day one of summer, like, it's been the same um, message, just keep doing what I'm doing, keep playing the right way. And, you know, like I said, everything will work out. And, I mean, I feel like that's why I've, I've been successful so far, just because I play the game the right way. Austin only only went home for three weeks this summer. Like he, he told me he was like I, I, I had to stay in L.A. Just, and yeah. I mean everyone comes out to L.A. for the summer. Right. But Austin wasn't out. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah. or anything like that. He's like right, I'm gonna yeah. stay. I'm gonna stay in El Segundo and just. I was in the gym. Work out three times a day. I yeah. was in the gym for sure. Nah, but but obviously, um, obviously, he had a really good summer. Um, and then just talk about just just kind of the transition to this new team, um, and obviously we talked about it a little bit before, but just just talk about obviously August September with the new guys and, and what, what your mindset is going into this upcoming year. Yeah, I mean it's kind of similar to last year from a standpoint of like we have what five guys that was on the team last year. Yeah, I don't. I mean I don't know the number. I mean specific, but. I mean, this whole time is just uh, really a learning process of how to play with other guys, like people that you haven't played with before. Like playing with this guy was very easy for me because he <laughs> plays just like he plays just like my brother does. So it was very common. So I didn't have to change anything. But like you know, playing with others, you got to learn to give people the ball in certain spots uh, where they like to have it. You know, if they want to play a pick and roll, calling plays for them. Uh, just stuff like that is, I mean, the main thing. Um, but I mean, it's been it's been really good so far. I feel like, like I said earlier, the vibes have been really good. I feel like we got a lot of talent, um, and it's just a matter of you know gelling it all together and having that unspoken chemistry. Because um, there's times on the court you get tired and you don't really want to talk that much. But you know, teams that have played together for a long time, like Golden State, like. They don't have to talk. Like it's literally known where they're supposed to be at all times. So that's what we're we're striving to be like. Um, but you know, it's it's been good so far. Uh, you mentioned you and Swider having a pretty good, uh, you know, like one and two punch on the court. The play styles are so complementary, so it's pretty seamless. I was gonna ask you guys, sort of like mentor mentee. You're in pretty much the same situation Swider is that you were in 
I mean, last summer. So kind of just talk about your guys' relationship, how you've maybe bounced some advice off Swider. He's asked you some questions and how uh, you guys have, have grown together to being on this podcast as an honorary fourth guest. <laughs> it was, I mean, it was very simple. Like, I mean, it started off, like, I obviously watched Summer League, so I knew what he was really good at. Uh, and then when we started right. playing pickup in the summers, like, I remember I went to Coach Gent, and I was like, yo, like, give me Cole. Like, and then you can <laughs> you can base the team off of that. And we were winning a lot of games in the summer. Uh, like I said, it was easy to play with him. And, you know, as of advice, it's just like everybody told me, just be yourself. Like, you don't have to go out and try to be someone you're not. Do what you do really good, and after that, and then just compete uh, and play the game the right way, and he's going to be fine. Yeah, Austin's been great to me in terms of just, just teach, teaching me how just to be a professional, too. You know what I mean? Obviously, getting to the gym early, eat, eating the right stuff, just just ultimately, just, just being an ultimate pro. So I, I've just been very thankful for Austin. And obviously, it's, it's nice being out on the court with him because he, he finds me. You know what I mean? And he, he, he makes my job a lot easier because a lot of time, I mean, as a shooter, you know what I mean. That 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 first shot is is big. You know what I mean. So playing with a playing with a, a point guard who knows how to get you in the right spots, like hey Cole, like come for this dribble handoff. Hey Cole, come for this pitch. Come, hey Cole, these two guys are gonna come, gonna come get you this next play. I'm gonna get you going. I'm gonna get you going. It just makes it so much easier for me. So I've just been very thankful for for Austin. Obviously, he's a he's a hell of a guy too. And actually. Uh, yeah. our, our relationship started with just we, we had a similar guy that, that we uh, worked out with a little bit named Zach Gonzalez um, so just having Zach obviously too who worked for the team last year no longer works for the team anymore just I think it kind of helped us get a little bit closer as well yeah shout out my boy Zach shout out Zach man one of the hardest working guys they also, in the industry uh, the personalities like mesh well together because Austin I can tell you're a pretty like mild mannered quiet guy and Swider's probably the loudest on the team already so <laughs> he's definitely one of those he's up there he's yeah. up there for sure a lot of a lot of screaming going on there is that i remember that's fucking shooter in the draft I'm video say, yep. i'm just gonna say someone someone <laughs> got dunked on this summer and i didn't think he was ever gonna shut up and he was screaming <laughs> at the top of his lungs sounds uh, about right yeah he would have loved it <laughs> who are we not naming names I don't want to put no one on blast, so. Okay, I would just right. say yeah, yeah, yeah. Damian Jones sense. dunked on someone, and and you know the, you know those dunks where you like you can like climb up their chest. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah you and, get a little and boost. They get even higher. It's like uh, LeBron in Cleveland last year. Yeah. He like put his foot on someone's chest, and you're like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. He did dunk it. Or you, Swire, you had you had one of those in practice last year. No, that was that was straight athleticism. <laughs> yeah, 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 I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, man, Austin, obviously very thankful and and, and uh, just happy that you could come on and obviously making time for us, Patty, Jake, yeah, um, Adam. We're, we're all thankful that you could come on and, and uh, join us for episode five of uh, the Swagger yep. Show. Nah, for sure. Really appreciate I, it, my guy. I appreciate y'all. Y'all, nice to meet y'all. I'm sorry I had to yep. do it with this guy. Thanks to Austin. Obviously, we got a game tomorrow in Sacramento, and uh, get a win. Yeah, ho- ho- hopefully we can get a win in the preseason, right? And obviously, heading to Golden State up. on Tuesday and um, start the regular season. But um, that that wraps up another episode, and, and thank you guys very much. Mm-hmm.
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. What's up, everybody? Thank you guys for tuning in. We really hope you enjoyed this week's show. To find out who will be joining us next week, make sure you're following us on all social media platforms, at Swider Show on Instagram, at Swider Show on Twitter, and at Swider Show on TikTok. We also recently developed our very own YouTube page, www.youtube.com slash at Swider Show, and subscribe. You can send in a mailbag question to be featured on the show, Show at gmail.com. And of course, if you haven't already, make sure to turn on those notifications so you never miss an episode week to week. Cole Swider Show with Patty Casey is presented by Blue Wire Podcast and our executive producer, it's Adam Lewis. Swider Show was created by Cole Swider, Patty Casey, and producer Adam Lewis. All rights reserved. Thank you guys. We'll see you next week.